Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to class. Uh, welcome to semester three. This would be session four, and this would be our last session uh, for the semester and for this course. Uh, we're talking about fellowship with Holy Spirit, and we've been talking about for the past uh, three sessions um, this uh, this identity uh, of of the personage of the Holy Spirit. Uh, number one being um, the third part of the Trinity. Number two, um, being the one who is the the master or architect uh, and architect, uh, excuse me, of the body of Christ. And then thirdly, his role in in maintaining the gifts and the callings within the body of Christ, um, being of course uh, number one, the Paraclete, and and uh, and a fellowship with us which connect us uh, to Jesus. And then we talked about uh, in our last session, uh, the idea of Pentecost and him causing Pentecost, the eruption of the first revival, uh, that he is the one that is the bringer of those things. He is the, he is the one who maintains um, the order of the power of God in the church, both to minister um, and to flow in that. And so, in our last session uh, last week, we talked about languages and the fact that the apostles did not just receive just Babel or just an unknown language, but they received a language, an actual dialect. So it was a natural form of language uh, where others could understand if they knew the, the, the dialect. And so the importance of that and the working of the Spirit in this, uh, which is what this session is going to be about, is that the Acts of the Apostles, um, which is Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 42, um, the, the Acts of the Apostles, or the Book of Acts, uh, the Acts of the Apostles, um, has to do with the order and the structure by which Jesus said would happen. He said, I, he said I, when the Spirit of God comes on you, he said, that the Holy Spirit, he said, he will descend on you and he, you, he will make you my witnesses, both in Judea, Jerusalem, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Okay, and so it is under. It has to be stated that Jesus' main goal for the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, his assignment for the Spirit of God, was not just for them to be ministers in Jerusalem alone, because in Jerusalem alone, the main dialect in Jerusalem was Aramaic. Okay, you had other nations that would come and visit. But the main people that were there were those who spoke Hebrew or or the native uh, root of Hebrew is Aramaic. And so and then, of course, you had Roman occupation. So a lot of them had uh, either Latin or Greek dialect. And so there were only at least two languages that really remained in that area of Jerusalem and Judea. And so he says, so I'm going to give you and, and naturally that is what they all spoke. Jesus was not an Englishman. Okay, he spoke Aramaic. Um, and so, and a lot of the apostles of that age uh, spoke Aramaic. And so it was normal for them to speak their own dialect. But Jesus, when he told them of the assignment of the Holy Ghost, he says, the assignment of the Spirit of God is to empower you, yes, to minister to your own nation, but also to minister to other nations. 
So, so the job of the Holy Spirit was twofold. It was to empower you to speak to your own nation in your own dialect, but also to empower you supernaturally to speak other dialects, other languages. And so, so as we discuss in, in this session, in session four, in this semester, is to really kind of give you the understanding of the importance, the real importance of speaking in the Holy Ghost. You have to understand it because it is a twofold process. And so, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you have your booklets and you have your Bibles, we are in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 42. And we will start there and then go forward. Um, so Acts chapter 2, no, uh, to take a note, begins with the Feast, of course, of, of weeks. Okay, It begins with the Feast of Weeks um, or, the fe or the Feast of Pentecost or Pentateuch. Uh, which uh, which was a religious custom that Jews celebrated. Um, they traveled to Jerusalem from different parts of the region and the known world to celebrate this feast. Uh, since the apostles were still in the city, they participated in the feast because Jesus told them to remain. The apostles, along with the other followers of Jesus, gathered in an upper room in the city. It was at this time that they received the baptism what, what is known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire. Okay, so again, we have these coined phrases in Christendom, and a lot of times we use them, but we have to understand the importance of them. That That is not just a phrase, baptism of fire. It actually happened. That was the birth of the church. That's how it happened. That was the power of God made manifest as tongues of fire above the heads of the apostles. So that was that was the event that marked the the birth of of the church. So that that has to be noted. The apostles spoke in different languages. Okay, uh, this amazed many people who heard it. They spoke in the in the native tongues of the people who were present and gathered there in Jerusalem. Those listening were were confused, but uh, about how it was possible and how it was happening for Jews to speak the languages that they were speaking. See, that shows you that it was super, it was a supernatural thing. Why? It's because their native language is what? Aramaic. So how can a person, which again, confused the crowd um, rightly, how can one who is Aramaic speak natively in the tongue of an African? Okay, that was impossible. Okay, you would literally have to go and learn that type of language. These men, according to the Bible, uh, the Bible says were unlearned men. Okay. So in other words, uneducated, they didn't go to school for this. And so that was the supernatural power of God. And so, so in, in, in reading this, the author uh, states that it was the gift of the spirit of God to help these people to where they could hear the gospel of Jesus. Okay. And it was done through and by the power of God. Some people, even though that the apostles were uh, thought that the apostles were drunk, but it was only 9 a.m. in the morning. So understanding this, number one, Peter speaks to the crowd. Okay, you have to have an affirming voice to a move of God. Okay, so if you're taking a note. This is why I say that it's important, as I mentioned uh, in the last session, when we pray about, okay, God, we need another move like you did before. 
then you have to understand there is a there are many factors to to the to Pentecost. It was not just that God gave them tongues. It was the fact that he gave them tongues for the reason of what? Preaching the gospel. So that means there has to be power. There has to be a supernatural ability to do something. And then the outflow of that gift. And so as soon as Peter received the baptism of fire, the Bible says he began to what? Speak to the crowd. He began to affirm what you're hearing is really from God. And I'll tell you why. And so, so there has to be, number one, as Peter speaking to the crowd, there has to be an affirming voice to the move of God. The Apostle Peter informed the crowd that this occurrence was predicted by the prophet Joel. Joel said that God would rely uh, and relay his message to all people in the final days, uh, or what we call end of days. Um, Peter goes on to speak of Jesus um, and the many miracles he performed and how he was put to death by the hands of lawless men. Even so, God raised Jesus up from the death. Um, Peter relays the story of David and how he told everyone that Jesus' soul would not remain in Hades, nor would his body experience decay or destruction. Uh, with his resurrection, Peter says, uh, Jesus was exalted by God and was now both Christ and Lord forever. Okay, see, that's an affirming voice to the gospel. That is an affirming voice um, fueled by what? The power of God, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, okay, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter could not have done that except by what? The power of God, see? And so, so that's why when we have this look, a detailed look at Pentecost, this is the working behind Pentecost. So it was not just an event of fire dropping and then that's it. No, there was fire, there was a movement of God, but there was a movement to preach. There was a movement to actually get the word out about who Jesus said that he was, so that those who hear it can understand what was done for them, so that they can be saved. That is Pentecost. And so, so to understand the, the acts of the apostles and to understand how they were fueled by the Holy Spirit, that is the inner working. They were empowered to actually receive these things so that they had tools to use so that they could preach. Which brings us to our second point. Peter preaches repentance and baptism. Okay, so you have an affirming voice and then you have a voice that is calling for repentance unto salvation. Okay, and baptism. The crowd was now cut to the heart, the Bible says, uh, with the knowledge that they had uh, crucified this man. They asked uh, what they should do to correct this terrible mistake. Peter told them to repent. He told them to repent. He didn't allude to it. He told them, rightly, repent. You did wrong, so repent for the wrong. See, you're in sin, so repent of your sin. So he didn't, he didn't cut around the bush. See, this is true doctrine. And so anyone that wants to get into true doctrine really has to understand the call to repentance. It's doctrinal. Okay? That as a minister of Christ, you must call people to change their ways, or else you are not a minister of the gospel. And so, so the Acts of the Apostles has to do with both affirming the gospel and who Jesus is, as well as calling people to get out of their way of sin and into righteousness. And so the crowd was now cut to the heart. They said, what can we do? He says, repent, turn from your sin, and do what is right. 
Okay, and he says, and then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Okay, so so there there has to be one uh, affirming voice, and then there has to be one of correction to say, okay, I, I this is who Christ is, and this is how you get to Him. This is what He did for you. Now this is how you respond, and that's important. And then lastly, um, as we close. Um, this course, um, it's very important to understand that thousands, the Bible says, upon thousands were baptized. Okay, what does that mean? From affirming to correcting, and then now you have ascending. The sending out is this, is this, that was a reformation all on its own. Because now you have all of these nations, all of these people, individuals, but corporately, going back to their nations now and even as i mentioned before in, in the past session that now you have the gospel being spread all over because guess what the one that got uh saved there and got baptized he went back to his own nation why because they they didn't live in jerusalem they were there visiting for the feast so you have now thousands upon thousands three thousand people get saved and they take back their testimony to their own land in their own dialect and they began to minister in their own dialect to their own people. And so that's an amazing thing. So, so thousands are baptized, okay? The, the Acts chapter 2 concludes with approximately 3,000 or more people receiving Peter's exhortation and were baptized. And with this, those who were converted came to a belief in Christ Jesus as Lord and made time to, to study the Word and, and God and listened to the apostles' testimony about Jesus Christ. They worshiped the Lord, and the number of people who were saved grew each day, the Bible says. So it was 3,000 plus. See, This was the great work of the Holy Spirit to stabilize and mobilize the church to be the hands and feet of Christ in the earth. So the first fruits of this harvest was to establish the gospel in every nation, and to send it out in every language so that anyone who heard it could be saved. Okay, That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So when you pray in the Spirit and you start praying for your loved ones and you start doing this uh, when God begins to bring it on your heart, that's this is what happens when these things happen. See, So it's not just a Christian thing to do. This is the working of God in the church. See? And this is the multitude of, of what he wants done in the manifold wisdom of God to say, this is what I want done, and this is how I want it to be operating in. And so now I give this to you as a gift. See, I give this to you as purpose. And so the apostles received that, and they went and they did it. And so, so as we close this course, I want to really speak this to you um, and to all of our students that are present and to all of our leaders that are uh, studying this process. When you are being trained as leaders and as you're being trained now, my my job as, as a pastor to you is not to just give you just these things as just words, but these are tools. So as you do your homework, I would also like to hear from you, and this is my assignment to you for the end of this course, is I really want you to assess why you want to be a leader. 
why you want to be a pastor, why you want to be an evangelist. You know, and for the rest of you, as I've talked to already, you said, well, I feel like God is calling me to go international and plant churches. Okay, what does that look like in the view of doctrine and the view of original apostolic ministry? Because Peter, he, his first move as an apostolic minister was to lay foundation for what? Affirming them, correcting it, and then sending them out. See? So there was affirming, this is who Jesus is, and then correcting them, calling them to repentance and to salvation, and then afterwards baptizing them, and then sending them back to their own nations to preach the gospel. And so if, if that is not on your mind doctrinally to say, okay, I really want to minister the gospel for, for the reason of ministering in that way where I'm affirming people and I'm showing who Jesus is in love, and that I'm also calling them to a place of difference, see? When that happens, then you have a manifold. It doubles, see, three thousand or more now, see, and so, so that is my that is my my um, my call to you as you as you as you read this and as you go through the study material. Understand that these are not just words. I really wanted you guys to learn this because as you step into leadership, it is important that you know it. It's important that you know these things as doctrine, as you know it as this is your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And in that fellowship, there is a working that he does in your life that brings you totally out of yourself and into a place of supernatural flow um, where everything you say and do is, is orchestrated by him, is governed by him and by his power and by his authority. So know that, own it, um, and then go forward. So love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this course. And uh, we'll see you in the next course. God bless.